Hello there and a very warm welcome to episode 21 of the Frantic Football Podcast on World Football Index. I'm Neil Shalat and I'm delighted to welcome Alex Barker once again. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing really good, my friend. We've got quite a lot to talk about today and some very nice topics. That So much so, I had to cull it much against Neil's wishes, uh, but there is some very good stuff left. Yeah, we, 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 we filled almost two pages of the doc. Uh, so then, you know, just before we started recording, Alex was like, chop, chop. Uh, so so we, we lost we lost some good stuff, but hey, we we we'll, we'll come to those uh, soon, hopefully in in the next couple of weeks. But so if you if you're annoyed we didn't talk about your favorite team, um, yeah, don't worry. It it was in the script. I just got rid of it. Exactly, we, we've got it covered. We're, we're keeping an eye on it. So so soon enough, soon enough we will. Anyway, uh, yeah, as Alex says, loads of stuff. I, I'll just give you a quick teaser about some things we'll talk about. We'll talk about the relegation battle in Croatia, which is getting very very interesting. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of big derbies uh, in, in Europe uh, as as the, the leagues, uh, regular league stages in many leagues come to an end. And of course, we'll have those championship playoffs and stuff, which are interesting. We, we'll talk about some some players who've been uh, impressing. And as ever, we, we'll, we'll obviously talk about stuff from outside of Europe as well. Uh, you know, there's, there's obviously newer seasons starting in, in, in the Americas, uh, Champions League action from Africa as well. We'll mention that. And also a couple of under-20 tournaments, uh, because of course we've got the World Cup coming up. And right at the end, we've got one transfer. Yay, transfers are back. Anyway, the, that's that's a quick outline of some of the stuff we'll talk about, but there's loads more. So let's get let's, let's started with that right after this. start with what we advertised first which is the relegation battle in Croatia and this is a fine time to talk about it because this weekend we had an absolutely insane game uh, featuring the club which is at the bottom of the table now of course we should first mention that there's only 10 teams uh, in the Croatian top flight so you only, you only have one relegation spot that's the direct relegation spot uh, and everyone else is safe so the team occupying it uh, are uh, Gorica if I'm saying that right uh, and they were up against uh, e- NK Istra uh, this weekend. Uh, th- now, mind you, Gorica have had o- only won two matches uh, before this uh, in the whole season. And one of those was just a couple of weeks ago. So, safe to say they're not having a good time. Uh, they're 13 points from 24 games uh, going into this one. Uh, and it doesn't get off to a good start for them. They're 2-1 down uh, at halftime. 3-1 before the hour mark. And then, and then, I mean, what can I even say? So, in the 79th minute, they win a penalty, which they score. Within the next four minutes, they're 4-3 up. And they're on course for their third win of the season. Then, fifth minute of stoppage time. So, it's 4-3 now. Fifth minute of stoppage time. They concede an equalizer. 4-4. But just a minute later, literally, like, almost from kickoff, they go and grab a winner. So it ends 5-4 to Gorica. We get the third win of the season. Uh, second in, in three weeks. Uh, to, to, to close the gap at that time to just four points uh, to the side at ninth. So they're four points from safety uh, at, the, at the end of this match. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. This, 
there's some great uh, videos out there on Twitter as well, which I'll link about the celebrations in the dressing room. Incredible stuff, incredible game. Uh, and and the side in ninth, the side above them, uh, Shibenik, were up against Dinamo Zagreb this weekend. So you'd expect them to lose because Dinamo obviously running away with the league once again, uh, looking set to make it, I don't know how many back-to-back titles, but loads of back-to-back titles basically. But no, Shibenik beat Dinamo Zagreb 2-1. I think it's, it's Dinamo's first loss in, I don't know, something like... At, at least well over 10 fixtures, I'm sure, uh, in, in all competitions, that is. Um, so, yeah, so the, 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 the gap at the bottom doesn't change. It's still seven points, but it's, it's safe to say Gorica's form is improving. Obviously, I said two and from three and a draw, so unbeaten in three. Uh, but, of course, they will have tougher fixtures now. They're up against Hydro next or second. Uh, but, I mean, you know. As, as you can see with this week anything is possible so that's definitely one to keep an eye on and it would be a very good escape if Goritza managed it but yeah long way to go as well so we'll keep an eye on that but you know just an absolutely crazy game which I felt we needed to highlight uh, and then in Belgium we didn't have a half bad uh, relegation six pointer either we had Eupen 4 Ustende 4 and, and this is a huge result uh, as well because uh, of course, we've spoken about this before, but uh, the Belgian Pro League is getting trimmed from uh, 18 to, I think, 16 teams. Basically, there's three relegation spots uh, this season as opposed to the usual uh, two. So, uh, it's, it's not a good time to be struggling. But both Eupen and Ustanda were. They, Ustanda started in the relegation zone, Eupen just above it. Uh, I think three-point gap between the sides going into the match. Uh, and obviously, Eupen were looking to open that up. They didn't get up to a good start, conceded early, but then Ustanda had a player sent off before halftime. Eupen equalized by halftime. So now Ustanda played the whole second half, a player down. But they scored the second goal first, so it's 2-1, but uh, Eupen equalized quickly. Within two minutes, Ustanda make it 3-2. Uh, Eupen uh, equalized eventually in the 76th minute, 3-3. 84th minute, Eupen make it 4-3. And, you know, they've got the player advantage. Surely you think... They're gonna they're gonna come away with this, and if they do, then they have a six point gap to stand and to the relegation zone. Uh, so you know it would be a huge result for them. But no, the seventh minute of stoppage time, Ustende equalize, uh, and and it's four four, and and the gap remains. I think from a set piece too, and and so the gap remains just three points there, uh, and and it's a really close relegation battle. Open fourteenth, down to Zultavaragam seventeenth. Uh, it's just a four-point split. I think Serang in 18th spot are gone. They have 19 points. They don't really look good. Uh, I think even even before the season, no one expected them to stay up. So they look they look dead and buried sadly. Uh, St. Troiden 13th have 36 points, so they're way too far off to be caught. But between Oipen, Kortrijk, Ustand, and Zultavargam, uh, two teams will go down. So that that's another one to watch. And we haven't got much time here. Just five matches left. Uh, in the regular season and of course there's no relegation playoff in Belgium so basically five matches left for the Belgian relegation battle four points between four teams uh, at the bottom so that's another one to watch but let's stick in Belgium because we had lots happening this week we also had uh, obviously the managerial change at Club Brugge which we mentioned Scott Parker sacked Rick Demille is uh, the, the interim replacement he got off to a winning start at Standard Liège which is a, a very important result for them because Standard are of course catching up to them or were rather catching up to them for that top four spot. Just one point between the two sides going into this fixture, but with that uh, with that 2-0 win for Klub, it's four now, although although Ghent did win, so 
the the gap remains uh, one point. We'll come on to Ghent later, by the way. Something to mention there as well. But first, let me also talk about Unio Sergilvas against Genk, the top two facing off. Of course, not not as important a match uh, as as a normal clash between between the top two because this is still in the regular season. Of course, points will be half in the championship playoff. So, so I suppose you know when when you have two teams going up against each other, we call it a six pointer. It's more of a three pointer. But but anyway, uh, Genk uh scored first, took the lead, uh, and of course they were at home. Uh, Brian Hinnan from the penalty spot, and 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 they looked they they looked uh, you know pretty on course for when I think they also briefly had a second maybe ruled out by an immediate offside. Uh, but just before half time, within two minutes, Unio completely turned the game around. Bart Neukup uh getting the equalizer, uh, set up by Simon Adringra, and then Adringra scoring a brilliant goal. Uh, I think curling one to the the far corner from the edge of the box to make it two one before half time. Of course, Adringra is a Brighton loanee. They signed him from North Zealand in the summer, uh, and and that's that's how it ended. It, it was a really exciting end to the first half. Not not so much goalmouth action, uh, in the second, but uh, of course Unio won't mind that gap between the top two. Now there, just five points, uh, and uh, gap between Genk to third place and to up is just seven. And of course this will get halved. So effectively, uh, as it stands, uh, effectively with three or four points depending on whether they finish an even or odd points tally. So, really close the, the, up there as well. Uh, but, but also, yeah, the, let's talk about uh, Ghent as well then because I think Alex has something from, from their big win uh, this weekend. What, what, what do you have, Alex? Yes, they uh, won at the weekend 6-2 on, over uh, Sita Vajim. Um And the, the main headline from the, the weekend was Gift Orban. Uh a Nigerian striker, a twenty-year-old who scored four goals in the game, not three, four goals, and one of them, I believe, was a free kick. Another was a tap-in, and then the other two were on either foot. No one's ever heard of him, including me, until this weekend. And I'm meant to be keeping an eye on Belgian football, so it shows how well I'm doing. Um, but no, was looking up about him before I even watched the highlights, and it's interesting. He was top scorer last year in um, Norway's second division, I believe, uh, at Stabæk. Uh, he also speaks French, despite growing up in Nigeria as well, which I believe in Nigeria they speak English. Um, yeah, 20 years old. Norwegian football seems to be producing a lot of top footballers. And he has got seven goals now for Kent, and which is, uh, and his four goals in the weekend represent obviously over half of those league goals. So definitely one to look out for. We'll see if uh, the Gith Orban train continues to ride. Yeah, I mean, we should say he only joined them, uh, you know, the, in, January, in January, yes, right at the end. So uh, he's come in and made an instant impact. I think you say no one's heard of him. Ben was absolutely raving about him when he spoke. So but Ben's got that before you. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, as you say, really cracking player. I mean, he's only done in January, but there's already talk of him moving on, which, you know, probably wouldn't be the best place to development, maybe. But either way, one to watch, as you say. But speaking of hat-tricks, uh, I think, I think there's another one as well, which you, which you wanted to mention. This one's from France. Well, yeah, going from a striker playing in Belgium to a Belgian striker playing in France. Uh, Lars Appenda scoring, uh, I believe he was, we have done, you have done on the pod plan that he, um, Tied the record from what I what I saw the weekend. He broke the record in Liga and for the fastest hat trick in his in uh, the league's history. I was watching the game, Lawns beat to um Clermont Foot, and it was quite a tight game until Appenda, in fairness, you know, 
acting on quite nervy defenders nicking the ball off them, tore them apart in un- in under five minutes. It's four minutes and I can't remember how many seconds. It was just rampant and he just changed the game. Well, no, he changed the game. He finished the game. It was such a short span of time. He's got 16 goals, I believe, in the league this season. Um, so we have 13 goals, about 16 odd starts. He's had, yeah, a season where he scored a, few, a couple of hat-tricks and um, a few braces. Really quick and devastating striker, and he's still only 23 years old. So another player to keep an eye on, Gift Orban and Lorza Pender. Two hat-tricks going strikers from the weekend. But let's stay in France with some, some other stuff. Um, you know, big headlines everyone's heard of probably is uh, Ras now. Uh, I think 18 matches unbeaten in Liga uh, is that ongoing streak. Uh, of course, everyone's heard of Will still, but we'll just say he didn't learn coaching from football manager. Uh, but he, he, you know, he 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 had a, he had a background before, uh, you know, between that as well. But anyway, I, what I want to talk about actually is Marseille two to Strasbourg because this was a crazy game. Uh, Strasbourg, of course, uh, were really impressive last season. Finished seventh, just away from Europe. But then they picked the wrong season to, to struggle because, of course, this time around, we've got uh, four relegation spots because Liga is also being trimmed from 20 to 18 teams. Uh, and, and they started right uh, right above it. Julien Stefan was sacked early in January. His assistant, uh, Matthew Lescornet, uh, took charge for about a month. But, but uh, he has been replaced now by Frederic uh, Antonetti. So this was his fourth game in charge, I think. He he won, drew and lost the previous three in that order. Uh, and, and going to Marseille, of course, who are in second, is always very tough. But 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 it was it was a decent start for them because Marseille had a, a Leonardo Ballardi sent off, uh, I think, at the half-hour mark. So so you'd expect then Strasbourg to, to get a crucial win. But but that's not the case. Uh early early in the second half, uh Chancellor Mbemba scored from the rebound with a free kick. I think around 75 minutes, uh, Alexis Sanchez won and converted a penalty. And, and Marseille were looking like they're, they're going to still uh, come away with the three points. But later on, uh, a, brace, uh, a brace from uh, Jean Ahulu, uh, if I'm saying that right, uh, sa- saved the day for uh, Strasbourg. First, a header from a corner was an actually thunderous strike from the edge of the box, right to the top corner, in off the crossbar, I believe. Uh, that, and that salvaged a point from Strasbourg in a match they really have liked to have won because while they are out of the relegation zone they, they're in 15th they have the same points tally both as uh, Brest below them and Ozer in the relegation zone so well we've, we've got a close battle in, in Liga as well because Angers are pretty much gone 10 points from 27 but, but then uh, from Troyes in 19th to Strasbourg in 15th it's just 3 points and that's five teams and three relegation spots. So that's another close one to watch as well. We've got more time here, 11 games. So, so still still, still a while to go. But that, that looks set to be another tight relegation battle. So there's some very, very tight relegation battles all over the place this year, actually. Even in Spain, we had some big results this weekend. Uh, Valencia first beating Osasuna in a close match, but in a very important win for them. Uh, Justin Clivert uh, getting the, the all-important goal, which, which pulls them out of the relegation zone. Only on goal difference uh, now, uh, after all the other results, but I think this was one of the earlier matches, so at the time, they they, they had a points gap as well. And then, and then later, a huge, huge one was Sevilla against Almeria, which was 18th versus 19th at kickoff. Sevilla, of course, still alive in the Europa League and, and with a 2-0 lead over Fenerbahce in the round of 16 as well, so looking set to advance to the quarterfinals. 
but in the league they've been having such a terrible time even though it's been so many months under Jorge uh, Pauli uh, but anyway they got off to a terrible start conceded within a couple of minutes uh, at home to Almeria but managed to get get a turn around in the second half uh, Lucas Ocampo scoring actually the equalizer just before half time and then Eric Lamela uh, with with Brian Hill uh, scoring the winner in the 73rd minute so so that so that turned the defeat into a victory for them and from 18th they shot all the way up to 13th so so that's how tight it is down there obviously it's three points from Almeria to them in 13th uh, so that's another relegation battle to watch uh, let's obviously we've also spoken about the german relegation battle uh, and a busy busy weekend there as well obviously the big result was the revier derby a 2-2 between borussia dortmund and schalke Badness for Dortmund because uh, they're now two points behind Bayern, who beat Augsburg 5-3. But the bottom Schalke remain in the relegation zone because uh, Stuttgart got a draw, uh, Hertha got a draw, and Bochum finally managed to win uh, 2-0 at Köln. And Hoffenheim, by the way, having a terrible time because it's something like eight losses in a row for them. They're at the bottom now. Uh, again, only three points from 14th place Bochum, so win changes everything. But right now, not looking good for them. Uh, what else? Let, let, let's also they mentioned the Zweite Bundesliga, where where things are getting spicier at the top. Uh, for once, uh, league leaders Darmstadt losing to uh, Armenia Bielefeld, three uh, one in I believe what was uh, the first match in charge for uh, new uh, Armenia Bielefeld manager. Uh, let me let me let me think of his name. Ah yes, uh, Uwe Koshinacht. Uh, so obviously Armenia have been recently in the Bundesliga, but, but they are struggling in the relegation battle in the Zweite Bundesliga. They were in the relegation zone, actually. This win pulled them just about out of it. Uh, but, but a huge win for them against Darmstadt. Uh, Heidenheim could only draw with Fortuna Dusseldorf. And Hamburg had the chance to jump over Darmstadt, but they ended up losing 4-2 to Karlsruhe. So what that leaves us with now is Darmstadt on 49 points, Hamburg on 48, and Heidenheim in third place on 47. And of course, as you know, Two direct promotion spots, one playoff spot in the Zweite Bundesliga. So that's a tight battle to watch. And down at the bottom, uh, if you go from bottom place Sandhausen to 14th place Hansa Rostock, so that's two relegation zones, one playoff spot and two safe spots, that's only four points. Another uh, another league to watch. <laughs> All sorts of stuff going on. Anyway, quick quick mention. Let's, let's move over to England. In the championship, we spoke about Chris Wilder uh, being appointed at Watford. Well, he lost. Uh, and, and beating him uh, on his debut was, was Gareth Ainsworth, who got his first win for QPR. We've spoken about him before as well. Uh, so, so let's not stick on that one for too much longer. Quick mention also for the WSL. Chelsea 1-0 Manchester United. Uh, huge, huge match at the top of the table. And that, that win takes Chelsea uh, up to first uh, with a, a two-point lead and a game in hand. So they look set uh, to, to defend their title. But obviously, it's a, a, a way to go as well. Anyway, let, 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 we're roaming around the top five leagues, so, so let's just uh, f- finish that off. Let's go over to Italy as well, where again, from the relegation battle, we've got some news uh, from Alex. Yes, Spezia got a really crucial win over Inter Milan uh, last Friday in a 2-1 victory. And it was the first ever win over Inter for Spezia, first at home in seven months to keep it a distance from the relegation zone. And it was a really bad result for Inter Milan, to be honest. I've, I've seen reports on Corriere della Sport that um, Simone Inzaghi's role is now under pressure, actually, from um, 
uh, from the hierarchy. There were some counter reports coming out, but it's fair to say Inter fans are not happy, even though they are still in second spot. But yeah, Spezia are currently in 17th, uh, five points clear of 18th place, Hellas Verona. There was another result lower down at the table, a little higher up in the table, sorry. So Swolo got a dramatic win over Roma. They won 4 3. Um, and Sassuolo the first away side to beat Roma in the league this year. And but Roma can still take some solace from the game because Paladabala scored yet another goal. Um, he's on course for his best scoring season since 17 18, which is 26 goals, seven assists. He's currently on 13 goals, eight assists. And if he keeps performing, we will see more interest go into him because it was reported recently that he's has two release clauses, one for foreign clubs at 12 million euros, one for Italian clubs at 20 million euros. And you think of a player of that quality, yes, he is 29 years old, but surely someone will take him on and just see what they can get out of him in this sort of form. Yeah, definitely get one to monitor uh, looking at it in the window. I, I also some some obviously... You know, it's a it's it's obvious that any transfer obviously needs his approval, uh, and it does seem he's 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 pretty happy in Roma at the moment. But as you say, a good offer can change anyone's mind. So yeah, anyway, that that's enough for top five leagues. No more of that. Let's go on to the more fun stuff. Uh, let's first go a quick mention in Korea, uh, where we had the Suwon derby, which I think we mentioned on Friday, but maybe I was lost in our technical issues. Anyway. Suwon FC uh, beating the Suwon Blue Wings to get their first win of the season. Obviously, just three matches in, so a long way to go. Uh, let's jump on then to... Oh, yes. Some some imp- big action at the top of the table uh, in, in the Czech title race, where we the, the top three were separated by just two points going into this weekend. Uh, Slavia Praha were leading the way with their opposition two points behind them in third. And they faced off. Uh, Victoria... Got the opening goal, just I think about 15 minutes in. Uh, but in the second half, uh, Slavia turned it around uh, with one goal from uh, Peter Olajinka, who is uh, set to move to uh, Krivena Zvezda in the summer on a free transfer. We hope he's going to see out the season here. And, and then uh, Andre Linger getting getting the winning goal later on. So what that does is that, that uh, keeps Slavia first. Now Sparta, their local rivals, are just a couple of points behind them. Uh, and Victoria Pilsen are four points of the league leaders. But of course, we've got a long way to go there. We, we, we've still got about seven matches of the regular season and then the championship playoffs. So th- that's that's going to be a close title race to watch. Uh, speaking of title races, we've been mentioning the one in Bulgaria uh, of late because there's a huge story brewing there potentially where the longest ongoing uh, top flight title winning run in Europe of, uh, I think, 11 of Ludogorets in Bulgaria is under serious threat. They needed a last-minute free-kick winner from Kirill Despolev uh, to, to win uh, their match against uh, Chernomorevarna, where, where they were behind uh, until uh, until their opponents had a player sent off. Uh, and then uh, Despolev scored a penalty and that free-kick late on in stoppage time. Uh, so, so they kept the pressure on uh, Siska Sofia, who we, of course, spoke of on Friday, because they were facing Siska nineteen forty eight, who are basically, I mean, who claim to be the same club. So the the, the story really emerges from twenty sixteen when the original Siska Sofia went bankrupt. The owner did some stuff where he basically took a second tier club which he owned and renamed them essentially Siska Sofia, and and then up, up 
presented them as a successor to the World Cup and got the top flight license. Some fans didn't like that. They started their own club, Siska 1948, 1948 being the year of the foundation uh, of the original Siska Sofia. They obviously had to start right at the bottom. Fourth tier in Bulgaria uh, came up, uh, I think, within four years or five years. Uh, they were in the top flight uh, since from 2020. Uh, last couple of seasons, they've been, I think, fifth and eighth. But this season, they're closer to the top. They were third, only nine points behind Siska Sofia going into the match. But that's now 12 points because they lost 1-0. So Siska Sofia still have a four-point lead over Ludo Goretz, but again, long way to go. Uh, seven matches plus the championship playoffs. Over in Turkey, uh, Galatasaray put up the record for the longest winning streak in the league's history, and this time it was Nicolo Zaniolo, who who came who scored on his debut against Kasim Pasha for a one-nil win, which I think what is it now? It's 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 uh it's I think thirteen matches I I need to check that but basically a very long winning streak for Galatasaray nine points clear at the top now the Fenerbahce do have one more game to play so it could be six uh but a not so close tie race there for once uh anyway we've also got something uh Alex wants to mention from Russia uh regarding the league leaders in it so let's see let's see what he's got for us. Yeah, this was just inspired by a recent Football Daily video about what's happening in Russian football. There's about 50 players who are non-Russians playing in the league. Malcolm is one, the former Barcelona player, and he scored his 15th and 16th goals in the weekend in a 3-2 win for Zenit. And it makes you think, surely, a move will come for him soon. He'll feel leaving the summer. He's still only 26. It would be a shame to be fair, especially to play So I'd like to see what happens there. Red Bull Bragantino in Brazil. Yeah. He was arguably like I remember watching him play against Chelsea in the Champions League last year. Super talented, like I was really into Russian football. Ironically, just before they invaded Ukraine, <laughs> thanks Putin. Um, but see, yeah, fair enough. If they want to stay in Russia, um, hopefully it's not a they are being wanted to stay in Russia, and hopefully they just enjoy their football. But I'd love to see him do it in European football. But... Well, it is what it is. What can we say? Hmm. Uh, yeah, but anyway, glad you brought that up because that reminded me of that. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's go to Greece, uh, where the regular group stage has drawn to an end, I believe. The Greek Super League's uh, 30 matches in. And we, the, on the final round, we had one big game at the top of the table, uh, which was uh, Ike Athens up against Olympiakos. Uh, Ike, by the way, league leaders going into the game. But league leaders no longer because Olympiakos came away with a one a 3-1 win away from home. Uh, then at halftime with two quick goals in the second half uh, and later on a third from Sergi Canos deciding the match effectively. Uh, and what that did is it allowed Panathinaikos to jump back up over IK uh, by beating Atromitos at 2-0. So I, th- I think that's that. For the regular stage of the Greek Super League, but of course we do have what well, now the, the the table splitting into two. There's fourteen teams. The top six uh, play in the championship playoff. That's Panathinaikos, Aik Athens, Olympiakos, Park Thessaloniki, Aris Thessaloniki, and Volos. And then the bottom eight will play in the relegation uh, playoff. And and it's it's interesting to look at there as well. The bottom three: Ionikos, Lamia, and Levadiakos, uh, of which I believe two will go down. Just one point between them. Anonikos on 18, Lamia and Levadiakos on 17. So that's another close, close relegation battle to follow. Anyway, let, let's move along 
let's go to Ukraine, where the league recently restarted after a long old winter break. And we had a huge game uh, at, at the top of the table, uh, where league leaders, uh, Dnipro won, as well league leaders no longer now, uh, because they lost to Dynamo Kiev uh, 2-0, no, sorry, 1-0, uh, one goal from Vitaly Buryalski just before halftime deciding that match. I think that that's left uh, Dnipro 1 winless in the last five games, which includes uh, the, the continental competition, Europa Conference League, where they were eliminated against Aiklarnaka of Cyprus. Uh, and what that's done is they had uh, a decent lead, I think it was four or five points, over Shakhtar Donetsk going into the World Cup break. That's all evaporated now, and Shakhtar have a three-point lead themselves, in fact, because they won yet again. So it, it appears that they are on course to win the title uh, once more. Shakhtar, but obviously, a, wait, a, a fair way to go there, actually. We're just about halfway through the season. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Anyway, let's, 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 let's also quickly check in, uh, in in the GAF Champions League. We spoke about this on Friday. Group, uh, oh, I forgot the group. The, the, the fun group, I think it's Group C. The one with uh, Mamelody Sundowns and Al-Akhli, the group of deaths, which they call it. Uh, has gotten really, really exciting. It's Group B. Because what happened is, uh, in midweek, Al-Hilal beat Cotton Sport to take their tally after nine points from four games. They'd beaten Al-Ahli earlier. And Al-Ahli, just four points from three games, were up against Mamelodi Sundowns, uh, who are arguably right now the best team in Africa, given the way they're playing. Uh, you know, they, they blew Al-Ahli away here, 5-2, playing some beautiful football which uh, even went viral on Twitter. Um, so some, some great passing moves, goal, goalkeeper chains, all the sort of stuff we like. Uh, so what that does is that, that, sends, uh, the, uh, that sends Sundowns through 10 points from four games, uh, but their head-to-head record against Al-Akhli is enough to guarantee progression for them. But Egyptian giants Al-Akhli are in real trouble now because what they need to do is they need to win both their next games and hope that Al-Hilal Omdurman do not do so. And they'll be facing Al-Hilal on the final match day. So even a draw there would be enough for Al-Hilal to go through. And as mighty, this would be a real shock if Al-Ahli can't uh, advance from their group. So that's definitely one to watch over the next couple of weeks in Africa. Uh, quickly, over in South America, we had it, 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 fun times uh, in Argentina. Early days, of course. I think we're just about six uh, rounds in to the new uh, Liga Profesional season. But we haven't seen any of the, the traditional top sides lead the league. And instead, we've seen a, a couple of uh, a couple of, of sides who were in the relegation battle or uh, at the lower end of the table last season uh, have, have had a great start. We, we had Lanos leading the way earlier. They've dropped to fifth now. Uh, going into the weekend, we had uh, Defensia Justicia uh, up in first. But they only managed to draw against uh, Taleres. So they've been replaced, uh, not by Rippel Plate, who's second, but by San Lorenzo, who have 16 points from seven games, five wins, a draw, and a loss, and actually thrashed uh, Gymnasia La Plata uh, 4-0. So a big, big win for them. Gymnasia, by the way, at the wrong end of the table, close to the title race last season, second from bottom, with just one win from seven now. So they're not having a great time, but uh, at the top, it's, it's quite interesting. Uh, as I said, River, uh, of course, second, but Boca Juniors are eighth because they lost to Banfield uh, 1-0. So it's, it's not been a great start to the season for them either. 
so it, it appears we're in for an interesting half a year uh, in in the Liga Profesional. Let, let's jump. We're jumping continents. Let's do it again. Let's go to Asia now, uh, where the ISL season is drawing to a close. And we we had the second legs of the semifinals yesterday and today as we record this on Monday, just a few hours before the podcast. Both going to penalties. Uh, Bengaluru FC uh, had a 1-0 lead at home against Mumbai City FC on aggregate. But that ended 2-2 on aggregate. Uh, we went on to penalties where the first eight takers from both sides scored. So it was 8-8 after uh, 16 attempts. Uh, and then... Uh, finally, the the Mumbai City player missed, uh, or rather had it saved uh, by uh, Bengaluru keeper Gurbir Singh Sandhu, and then Bengaluru scored uh, through I think Sandhu Singh to 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 win the match and and go on to the ISL final. Of course, we spoke about this on Friday. They they had a terrible terrible start to the season. Were way down in ninth, looking nowhere near the playoffs. And then put together an, an incredible run of I think eight straight victories, uh, in the end towards the end of the regular league season, which is only twenty games, mind you, uh, and that's how them just about get in, and get in fourth as well. So they didn't, uh, uh, they they didn't have to play the I think the first oh yeah of course fourth they did have to play, uh anyway, either way they just about got into the playoffs late on, and and now they're in the final. Well, they will face uh, ATK Mohan Bagan, who beat Hyderabad FC on penalties as well. Both their legs ending nil nil, uh, but this this was this was a much shorter shootout, uh, just just the regular five. It ended four three. So so that's your ISL final. Uh, obviously, we will come back with the report from that uh, next week. Anyway, quick mention uh, from Latvia the Vishliga. Uh, ben spoke about it in in, in really good detail. Uh, on Friday, even even gave his predictions for the season. Uh, but the big game, uh, which he mentioned uh, this week, was between Valmera, uh, the defending champions, uh, and, and RFS, so the most successful side in the country, who had the, their their uh, winning streak broken last season. Uh, but there were no goals, sadly, nil nil uh, to open the season on a very snowy, snowy day. <laughs> it started green the pitch, uh, and it ended white with uh, with a new orange ball because no one could see anything. Uh, but obviously a long way to go there, so we we will uh, check back in soon, hopefully. Anyway, final that, that that's all we've got for senior football. Couple of mentions for some under twenty action though. Senegal becoming uh, the Afcon under twenty champions uh, this weekend, uh, extending what's been a great year or maybe just a year and a bit for Senegalese football because they of course uh, won Afcon, got to the World Cup. Uh, won Chan recently, uh, and and now this they beat Nigeria in the final one nil. Uh, to get to this, I suppose the only disappointment really in the last year for Senegalese football has been uh, missing out on the Women's World Cup uh, at the Inter Confederation playoffs. But apart from that, a great time for them. Uh, and perhaps more importantly, in the, in the Under Twenty Asian Cup, we had the quarterfinals this weekend. We now know the four semi-finalists. Who will be the four uh, Asian participants in this uh, uh, the upcoming Under Twenty World Cup in Uzbekistan, in Indonesia? Sorry, the AFC Under Twenty Asian Cup is in Uzbekistan, and those four are Japan, Korea, host Uzbekistan, who are I suppose the shock package, uh, and Iraq. So they will uh, feature at the World Cup, and of course one of them will go on to win. Uh, among the absentees from uh, AFC uh, are Australia and China. Those are two big names who won't be there. Uh, 
but that, that's completed our list of all the participants uh, for the under 20 world cup I, I won't go through them now but I'll, I'll, I'll link that in the thread so you can you can look look at that if you like but yeah that, that's all we got that's all the football for this week uh, which we wanted, which we couldn't mention anyway finally just a couple of quick bits one a transfer uh, Stefano uh, Vecchina going from Rosenberg to Malmo so just switching over in Scandinavia for just 1 million it's a pretty good move I reckon because he got uh, 9 goals and an assist and, and an assist in just over 800 minutes for Rosenberg uh, in Norway last season uh, so for uh, I'm excited to see how he fares for Malmo of course how, how old is he now? he is not that young he oh. is uh, let me take a look I think he was 26 27 oh 28 oh, I, I thought yeah, you found out the next Vandekitta nah uh, I'm, I'm sorry uh, not this one but uh, the, the reason I wanted to mention this was because Malmo uh, will of course be looking to reclaim the title uh, in uh, the Allsvenskan title this season having been uh, beaten by Hecken uh, last season who won their first ever title so in, it should be exciting uh, the, the upcoming Allsvenskan season we'll, sp- we'll speak about it closer to when it's getting underway Swedish Cup going on though Alex made me remove it I can't speak about it but it's going on that's all I'm saying uh, anyway final thing so some news uh, from England where Burnley have been uh, placed under a transfer uh, embargo after, I believe, it, 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 it was something to do with their, their signings, uh, which, to, to their, sorry, it was something to do with their draft accounts. They, they didn't submit them on time. So, yeah, it's for late draft accounts. They've been placed under a transfer embargo. The club released a statement uh, saying that they have already given those accounts uh, and they, there was some delay because of, uh, they changed auditors or something. Either way, basically what they said is that uh, they feel they've done nothing wrong. They feel that uh, the EFL won't have any issue with the accounts they submitted. And that they said they're confident that the issue will be resolved swiftly. So that's one to keep an eye on. But either way, <laughs> they've, they've done all their business for this season at least. They've made all those signings. Very good ones, I should add. Uh, and, and they're at the top of the championship and looking set to return to the Premier League. But uh, it wouldn't be a good time to be hit with the transfer embargo just when it's bouncing back up. Uh, but either way, that, that's one to monitor. We will keep an eye on that. But yeah, that, that, that's your lot. That's what we've got for today. Uh, looking ahead in midweek, obviously we've once again got uh, you know UEFA competitions in action. UEFA Youth League as well, quarterfinals. Uh, th- those should be fun to watch. Uh, a, a couple of league matches here and there. More, most importantly, perhaps, most of all, CONCACAF Champions League round of 16 second legs. Copa Libertadores, uh, third round, final qualifier, second legs. Uh, those are the ones I'll be keeping an especially close eye on. So we'll check back in as ever on Friday uh, to, to, to get you up to speed with those uh, and obviously look ahead to the weekend. I'll be on Patreon. Uh, but either way, until then, uh, that, that's, it. that's what we've got. Uh, thank, thank you very much for listening. Big thanks to Alex for his time. Uh, and yeah, uh, see you on the next episode. Take care till then. Goodbye.